The it's time. This is what we've been waiting for. Time for the Saturday run. We're ready to go here. For Hard Yakka, a history of hard. For McDonald's. Triple M rocks footy. To say that this footy season has been like no other is an understatement. Even before it started, everyone knew it was going to be different. AFL boss Gil McLaughlin emerged from a meeting with the AFL presidents. And the major takeaway from that meeting is that all AFL games will go ahead this season, but these AFL games will be played in front of empty stadiums. March 16. The AFL has just announced that the 2020 season is being cut back to 17 games. March 19. It's time to rock and roll, Baz, to an empty stadium. Richmond, Carlton, can't wait to get this one Underway. March 22. The AFL has moved to immediately suspend the 2020 Toyota AFL Premiership season. And during the next three months, the AFL worked to get our game back. These uh, quarantine hubs, yeah. on, on face value, it seems like a, a pretty decent proposal. It is hoped that the AFL could resume around July. These two clubs have briefed players this morning on phone calls to prepare on the basis that they'll go into the hubs and start training. The AFL has unveiled a string of blockbuster matches to get the 2020 season up and running again. On June 11, footy returns. Triple M rocks footy. The Sharon is going to hit the go. turf any moment. Only nearly to be derailed. Just hearing that Gil McLaughlin, the CEO of the AFL, has called a press conference very, very shortly. There is rumour and suggested rumour that a player may have tested positive. But the game continues. Mitch McGovern from 49 sets sail and puts it through the, the middle. Back, Hawker. It's too big, too strong, too good, the jam. Paddley reads it, will he bounce it again? Oh, he's no. won this time, this Go time it comes back. Oh. This time the second Go bounce, again. he bounced it really oh. hard. Tries to hook it round. It is a magnificent effort. Whiteman with his first kick in the big time. Kicks one of the goals of the season. And now, after a long year, shortened quarters, player hubs and condensed fixtures, we've come to this. We can't wait for finals because it's now official. The finals. It's finals time in the AFL in season 2020. Uh, it's been an extraordinary ride. Don't worry about that. We're having a little break before the final starts. So uh, strap yourselves in uh, sort of uh, 12 to 2 style Saturday afternoon. Everyone makes the appointment because we've got good stuff to discuss with uh, an eclectic group of people. I'm looking across at Fat. He's just had his head shaved. And <laughs> what are you up to, please? Well, I'm just reading the Herald Sun, Jim, and uh, just flicking through it. And uh, I know nothing. <laughs> oh, I know nothing, <laughs> <laughs> says Dan and everyone else that oh, are uh, nice. in his party. And then Jimmy Boy. Just a, a, a group amnesia's uh, uh, taken uh, hold. Well, they've just forgotten. They just, <laughs> I was no part of that. I don't recall. <laughs> I do not know. 
know who made the decision. I don't know who made the decision. I know nothing. Yep, then, then I go and then I go regional Victoria because I like to have a look at the active cases by state. Yes. Uh, Geelong have only got one. Colac right. down to two. That's good. And then there's Olympia Valance who's looking lovely. She's had a tough period over yeah. the last few months. What's so he got to do with it? A phone, a phone got hacked, Jim, and that's a shame. And then I get to page 19 and there's old Fat with the Geelong oh, supporters. Oh, my here. God. That's not a mayor. Oh, it's embarrassing. You're not going for mayor down there like Basil is. He's uh, no. at the voting booth today. Are you going for mayor no, down No, no. This is but, all the Geelong supporters getting down to the Cremorne that's, Hotel. That's actually embarrassing. That. It's not. <laughs> like, that just that paints you as enough nuff. Look at him. Uh, oh, and just Geelong support because you can go to pubs down in uh, regional Victoria. How many are allowed to have in for the uh, big game on Thursday night, Bill? Uh, ten and ten. No. <laughs> ten and one room. How, and ten. how are you going to select the ten and ten? And will there be a selection process yes, for the ten ten? First in, first best dressed. Nonsense. You will have selective <laughs> protocols going on. That photo, like you, you, you seriously look like you're not right. You look like half an, um, a nothing. Well, Jim, in. have a look at have a look at me. <laughs> I, I just did something with uh, with duck, and I saw my head. <laughs> What's going on? It's, it's a big fat head. No, it's not right. <laughs> you look like Uncle Fester. I got no hair. I'm not right. No, anyway, you're not. Great to be with you. Just yell out when we're on, Jim. I'll give it. <laughs> yeah, you'll, you'll go properly. Hello to you, duck. Uh, hello. Uh, yeah. Just uh, up and about, JB. We've got it. a big announcement, obviously, tomorrow afternoon, yeah, BB. What are you getting married? Oh, what's that? Well, I think you can go outside the 5 k oh, Hello. I think uh, there's going to be surely. Bits. We're oh. going to be able to play golf. Surely. Yeah. I wouldn't gonna, go too hard, gonna, though. We can have a barbecue surely. with five people nah, over. I don't think surely. the 5K zone will be. You know what Dan's going to say when he gets up there? What? I forgot. I forgot what I was going to yeah. say. I, I had a whole lot of um, stuff to tell you about how you're going to be released into society, yeah, but, but I forgot. I, I tell you what, though, listening to our opener and yeah. just listening to how this season's gone, BT, mm. the one thing, and not having footy last night, mm. Friday night, normally we're working, we're sitting yeah, next to yeah, one another. Yeah. Actually, it's good to see you, Brian, because oh. I normally see you a little bit more than this. Well, but, but the fact that there was no footy on, yes. you sort of go, imagine if there was no footy for the year. You would go in in these times where you would go crazy. So can't wait for next week. No, it'll be good. Uh, Bristol, how much more have we got of you, please, before you head off and uh, quarantine? Um, Unknown, but uh, (laughs) the thing is I'll be doing everything by the book and forward to it. Who's going with you, Brian, just on your own? Bill, what? Who's going with you when you go and uh, Uh, hub? I'm heading off uh, (laughs) with Tanya. That's my wife. Yeah, I know. How'd that go? How did you just sit down and have a chat over the breakfast table? Or well, She thought I wouldn't cope in the 14 days of isolation. Once the room door locks, Bill, you can't come back out. You're, out, you're in. So you're going to be with Tanya in a little room with no balcony it, uh, for 14 days? Uh, yeah, and we're going to put a chair in each corner. And... Oh, poor Tanya. Poor, poor... Oh, no, I can't believe that. Poor Tanya. Poor Tanya. Poor Brian. No, poor Tanya. Poor Brian. I have actually got a couple of mates who are quarantining at the minute. Oh, yeah. oh, don't well, start the JL, we spoke to, good. What about, we spoke to Justin Langer, your mate, yep. Lick, uh, during the week, and mate, he, he, we couldn't get him off the... Right, oh, JL, we've yeah, had no, enough. enough. <laughs> he goes, oh, i got this story. We've had enough. My titty, shut up, JL, we're on air. <laughs> so he's, he's, in, uh, he's in a quarantine in Adelaide. Adelaide. In the new hotel. In the new hotel. Attached to the ground. Attached yep. to the ground. And once the door's shut, that's it. That's it. 
He gets a knock on the door three times a day, yeah. and the food gets left in a, pl- a paper bag oh, out does front. Not. Yes, but I'm telling you, they're Bob, not allowed to touch. He, he picks it up, brings it in, eats his food. That's it. Gee, I hope, I hope you get that up. That's you, Brian. Nah, this you're just painting the bad picture. Oh. <laughs> you and Tanya might be like your honeymoon. I'll be able to go for a walk or something. No, no, you and Tanya, honeymoon type. I'd be going to Darwin, where things are a bit looser, Brisbane. Yeah. yeah, that's where I'd be going. Yeah. Uh, Domo joins us oh, uh, from uh, speaking Domo. of a man who's already been quarantined. Yes. Hello to you, Purple. Hello, Jim and uh, BT and Duck and, and Bill and, and BT. You won't be able to go for a, a walk. You missed the uh, the bus on that one when the AFL had the exemptions with oh. the Queensland government. So you will be stuck in the room in a hotel room. And and I also can reveal, Jim, that uh, BT will be heading up on Friday of next week. If he doesn't oh. know, that's when it will be happening. Okay. So uh, you'll be saying goodbye to him on Thursday night. Right. I see. <laughs> okay. Now, yeah. Damo. Yes. Now, and, let's and get to Queensland, Damo. Uh, um, that bit I haven't got uh, got. Uh, told Duck, there, there, there is a, a greater relaxation of quarantine in Darwin, about 50 kilometres out of oh, Darwin, yes. which BT, I, I know, has explored the possibilities of. He's so a be... Darwin operator too, yeah. Bristol. He's oh, got yeah. heritage with the town. <laughs> you should go to Humpty, Humpty Doo. That'd be good. Well, I reckon you're no chance of walking back into town from there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I like the Plus thought of you in Darwin. Darwin. Yes. 30Ks on the Sturt Highway. Oh, they know him in Darwin, don't they? They know him. Oh, they, they love, love him. him. He's got Last here. cab to Darwin. Just got to put that orange <laughs> Spray team back on. Well, I make Darwin famous. Oh, there's one of the Hentworth. There's a Hentworth. Oh, no, oh, no, it's BT. <laughs> Speaking of what's going on, Damo, you know, you, know my, you know my mail's been impeccable on what's going on up there in Queensland. Mm. Now, oh, here we go, Jim. You have been good. Oh, go. I have been unbelievably good. You have been good. Now, we've been keeping an eye, Fat, on the amount of people attached to a football club up there because yes. a few clubs decided to get a little profligate with their numbers. Well, I think Collingwood had 195. <laughs> right. Well, I'm hearing there's a club beyond that. No. Oh, yep. No, I couldn't. I'm hearing there's a club that's pretty close to 200. Not oh. as we speak. <laughs> oh. Spread over two different campuses. Bert. Not possible. Which no. club? Damien? Damien? Don't tell me. Well, Don't tell me. The story? No, I'm asking oh. you because you're there. I'm Don't tell me. It's them again. Nearly 200 hey. spread over two different locations. I, I, I don't know what you're talking about, Jim. And, uh, and Damo, I'm also hearing that there are uh, families, players, and maybe staff at, within these two locations and nearly yes. 200 people who are demanding more than one room, up to four rooms. Oh, what? Oh, what? <laughs> now, Purple, I have... Don't, don't try and Dan Andrews me, yes. and, that, and <laughs> I don't remember. Because you look like Dan. You yeah. know what I'm saying is true, don't you? <laughs> Is it Richmond? Is it Richmond? I don't know, I know about the two hundred, Jim. I know that um, I know that no. Collingwood and, and Geelong have a, have a lot of people in, in southeast Queensland. I think Richmond's got quite a few but as well. Narrow, and narrow it down to one. Uh, yeah, which of those clubs well, is the most? This is not my narrative, BT. I'm up here doing my job. This is Jim telling the story, and unfortunately, one, Jim, Jim has well, had people in well, the two I, hubs I've been in. I overheard the conversation between you and James uh, a short mm-hmm. while ago, and I'm sure I heard you say to him. Richmond were number one. Ooh. Is that, now, now <laughs> that's gone beyond my mail. I'm, I'm hearing another club no. a bit closer oh. to where, uh, oh. well, Fat might live. And uh, oh. Geelong. I'm hearing that uh, a group of people arrived at the joint you're at, Purple. Yes. Arrived, were allocated rooms, 
went up to those rooms <laughs> and happy. then within five to ten minutes, happy. all back down at reception in a great big conga line <laughs> saying, this room is nowhere near good enough. Ooh. You can have your key back <laughs> and I want to be reassigned something much better. Is that true? <laughs> if that's true, Jim, they're fussy because I don't know whether there's one bad room in this joint. I've been, I've been fortunate enough to be in two different ones and both of them are, are stunning and I'd be very happy with whatever room you get here at the Royal Yeah, well, Park, they want more than one so room. Sounds like JB, yours is free. JB, have you ever done that? Oh, I had a thousand <laughs> times. <laughs> Bloody <laughs> a thousand times. Jim. A thousand times. When I first check in, I don't leave the counter <laughs> unless <laughs> I get a photographic <laughs> evidence of the room. <laughs> well, my boy, Oscar's up there. But you're right, there's two different, they're, they're in it. two different venues. That's it. Southport and now Royal Pines. Royal Pines. Pines. Yes. And um, yeah. a, a, a purple sum up to three rooms. Attached to the one family. So they can walk in yeah, through, through the room. Uninterrupted. The I know it sounds ridiculous that this could happen, but it's my mail that yeah. that has happened. No, yeah, look, there's absolutely, I can confirm that some families have got more than one room. I've, I've seen that, and I think it's only fair that they do if they've got two or three kids, Jim. And, and this, this resort is clearly under the AFL uh, control while they are here. It is a lockdown uh, venue. So I would imagine, and it's only fair, I would think that that is the Up case. Up to four rooms. rooms. So they've said that they have a four-bedroom house. Why wouldn't they have yeah, a four-bedroom hotel enough. suite? Fair enough. If it's a Cats players, yeah. take it. if it's Richmond, that, that's just not All right, so that, I've had a confirmation on that one. Well, yeah, uh, my mail is, good, yeah. it might almost, uh, the, the four rumour might have actually been a coach. What I'm here. Anyway, uh, <laughs> d- don't back, d- Damo, do not to question my mail. It is electric. I've got it's feelers everywhere within it this has. setup. And th- here's another one. Oh. I'm hearing that D Barrett, Damon. who is the highest paid member of AFL Media, oh. highest? highest paid of all of the staff on the AFL Media well, can we confirm payroll, that? yes or no, uh, Dan, was this week <laughs> seen driving a minibus oh. <laughs> <laughs> to the airport. Is that true? Is that what they've got you doing, driving a minibus <laughs> picking up the airport? <laughs> Now, listen, you, you four guys will know me well enough to know that when I say that I am a team player, that to be 100% Were you driving correct. a minibus <laughs> to the airport? Jim, there was a requirement, Jim, and if I ever find out who you have got in this hub, I'm going to speak to that person. <laughs> Those people. There was a requirement, yeah. I think it was on the Tuesday of this particular uh, oh, week, for, for six or seven minibuses that Carlton <laughs> Footy Club had been using, and they had departed to be taken back to uh, Coolangatta Airport, and me being the team player that I am, Jim, when they were one or two people short of, uh, of people being able to do that task, I did volunteer. So you weren't oh, even picking anyone up, you were just taking a van back? Oh, no. Being a team player, Jim. Oh, sounds, empty van. sounds like your role has expanded yeah. for the good. Oh, that's just sucking up to the boss. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Listen, just, nah, it, was, it was just uh, assisting the greater cause, actually. Yeah, oh. Just say, stop breaking that story and grab the keys to yeah. a minivan. I'm on to something, uh, Gil. No, no, oh, you're okay. Hey, Gil, yes. What do you want me to do? Why? Because we've got to save the sixty-five dollars for the non-return. Hey, how much is the how much is the bill at the minute uh, from the AFL? How much is the bill, Damien? Just it, it's it's sixty mil and climbing bill uh, for, for what they've done in, in Queensland, and that, that's everything. That's accommodation. That is car hire. That is uh, meals, uh, obviously, and and buses and and, and whatnot. But, uh, sixty mil. As we know that spend that spend though has allowed them to probably yeah. generate. Is there uh, anyone know, sort of times that that yeah. you have seen over order at the when there's been non-buffet days uh, and it's been uh, a la carte, uh, has anyone... 
one appeared to over-order and gone, you know, for the four uh, stages? Uh, I don't think so, BT. It's a funny setup, and it's it's really professionally run. So each club that's here at the moment, it is uh, half of the Geelong Footy Club and the Bulldogs who've been here for some time. So, and there's still some Richmond people here too. So they've got their own separate dining rooms. Each of them, the umpires are still here, and, and we in 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 AFL. A media inverted commas and AFL full stop have also got their own area. So I haven't seen, haven't been exposed to the eating habits of, uh, of everyone. And uh, as and, we go to a break, uh, any nudity, Jim? You heard no, it? Not, no, no more nudity. Oh, Tom but Morris. I'm also hearing that there might have been some people, uh, even though there's water in the rooms, purple, taking bottles that look like oh, water no. to the rooms. He's not there, is he? <laughs> but maybe oh. with the word Belvedere on the side. Oh. <laughs> oh, <it's not. laughs> oh, there's all sorts going on up there. And I want to know uh, from you later on in this show, did you maim a staff member? No, that's coming what, up. What's happened? Maim Seriously, a staff I, member. Maim? I don't think yeah, I've been able to do one thing in the three weeks up. I've been away without you knowing about it. That's, oh. I'm telling you, now you just better take some honesty syrup yes. for when I get back to that story. Come on, Dan. The Triple M Footy Saturday Rub for Hard Yakka, a history of hard. From McDonald's. Triple M rocks footy. We are the bride of Brisbane. Neil picked it off and swings around. Lockie Neil. McClug is inside. Lucky Neal for his first. Lucky Neal, the snap for goal. Oh. Bounce the right angles. It does. Lucky Neal is a recipient. Right foot. Lucky Neal. He's a good player. All right, I'll tell you what we're doing here, uh, Fat. The Triple MVP, one of the most sought-after prizes in football, of course, because voted for by our own experts. I've, like won, I've won a few of them. It wasn't actually well, so about, about you, Doug. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah, but anyway, uh, what we're uh, doing here, uh, Brian, thank you, uh, Brian, <laughs> is the winner of the Triple MVP this year oh, yeah. goes out to the TaylorMade Fitting Centre, which Ooh. is sort of Clayton Way we've, here. Which we've been. been. It's uh, unbelievable. Mate, you, it's, it actually, you can play golf, indoor golf, it, in any course you want. That's it. It's quite – and Benji, of course, is it, the uh, club fitter to all the tour players on the yep, tour. He is. And he's a genius. So what you do is you head out and see uh, – Benji, who then fits you for a full set of their tour irons, a sim driver and a three metal. You get the milled grind wedges, the tour line Spider X putter, the tour stand bag, and a year's worth of the TP5X balls, which Rory McIlroy, Dustin Johnson, etc. have used. So that'd be 365 balls? As many as you want to use. At least one a day. As he wants. It is is a year's supply. It's an unbelievable price from TaylorMade. fitting might be good, Jim, because the clubs are quite tall, so these might have to be brought down a little bit. Why are you saying that? Well, because our winner. <laughs> By way of really clunky, <laughs> rubbish introduction, the triple MVP for 2020 is the very worthy winning Lockie Neal, who joins us now. Lock, welcome. Thanks, guys. Uh, Billy, thanks for that introduction, mate. That's a good start for me. Hey, hey Lockie, do you play golf? <laughs> I do, but uh, not very well, so I'm actually... Very excited to get this uh, award and, and get those new clubs because mine are about to go in the bin. I'm not hitting them very well. Well, and, mate, you, Benji will fit them for you and then they will be the, your clubs for the rest of your life. They're the best by mile, uh, tailor-made, and we love how supportive they are of Triple M footy and Triple M uh, full stop, Aaron and everyone. So that's brilliant. But, mate, it's one of the great experiences. Lock your head out there. You spend an hour or so. They get your grip width. They get your, the right shafts in there. They, they pick out the right club heads for you. And at the end of it, mate, you will have... Have a brand new set of clubs with the lot about five grand's worth. 
Beautiful. Thanks very much for that. And as I said, um, I need a new set. So uh, I'm looking forward to heading out there and, and getting fitted. I'm, uh, yeah, my, my game's been shocking the last couple of months, so um, need some new clubs. All right. Well, you'll enjoy that. Yeah, but we'll... uh, by the way, you've had other things to attend to, so golf's probably sat in the back yeah. burner a touch. But you've had a ripping season, mate. You must be really pumped. Yeah, so far. We've got a big job ahead of us. Um, there's some great teams in this final series, and um, we've got Richmond coming up. Next weekend, and um, they've beaten us, I think, 15 times or something in a row. So I think it's about time we, we change that. A little bit, little bit of a different couple of weeks, obviously, leading into this first final. Given that the games have been shortened, four-day, five-day breaks, and it's basic, basically been all about recovery, how have you gone over the last nine or ten days? Yeah, it has. It's been um, a really different season, as we know. And um, the short breaks, we didn't train too much. But having a couple of weeks before our um, next game, we've been able to get a bit of match sim in. Um, yesterday, we played about 30 minutes of, of sort of full-on match sim, which was good. Um, and then next week, we'll get a couple of sessions in as well um, that's, that we probably haven't been able to do um, over the last couple of months. So the guys responded well yesterday. We had a good hit out. Um, it's beautiful conditions here in, in Queensland. And, um, yeah, the guys are looking forward to getting out there and uh, trying to redeem ourselves from last final series, really. Everyone knows, Lockie, the state of Queensland is NRL territory. H- have you noticed, has there been any reaction since it's been announced that finals would be played there and particularly the grand final would be played there? Has there been any excitement and buzz amongst Queenslanders as a result or they've just gone on normal life and don't give a stuff? <laughs> no, I definitely have noticed a positive reaction amongst the public and um, I suppose with um, the media and whatnot as well there's a lot more sort of Brisbane Lions stuff and footy in general obviously we've got the uh, a lot of Melbourne media and stuff here as well but I've certainly noticed um, a pick up in intensity of the interest around footy and um, it's been great for our state um, and great for Brisbane as well and um, yeah it's a credit to the the Queensland government for how they've handled things and um, been able to play a lot of footy and most of it's been here so uh, it's been great for the game here. Lockie, your football journey is obviously all about the pursuit of a, of a premiership, which you've got the chance to do yet again in, in the coming weeks. But the personal side of it, having already been a, a two-time best and fairest winner at Fremantle, adding another best and fairest in your first season as a Lion, and, and given the week you've just had where you've come out of it being an All-Australian again and also the coaches and players' choice as player of the year, did you realise and, and did you expect to be this person? Uh, it's a funny one. I, I was kind of got asked this question um, in a different way yesterday, but um, in a in a way, when I'm playing and training, um, I see myself as that player. But when I take a step back and look at where I'm at in my career and um, sort of look looking from the outside, I can't believe that um, I'm being spoken about in in that vein. I suppose, and it doesn't sit that comfortable with me, but. When I'm playing and um, when I'm training, um, I expect to be elite and, and prepare myself to be an elite player. And when I'm on the field um, amongst some of those big names, I absolutely feel like I can be the best player in the competition. But um, when I sit back and look at it from the outside, it, it baffles me and um, can't really believe it, to be honest. No, you've done well, Locke, uh, because he had a very good year last year, but he's had a look at himself, which only good players do, and he's improved, which is a bloody good effort. Hey, why did you... 
go to Brisbane? Because there was a talk that you were good friends with Link McCarthy and, and all that. And, 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 but how did you end up there? Because it surprised us all. We just thought you were going back to South Australia. Yeah, it was. Um, there's obviously a lot of things that went into it, Bill, and um, I suppose the simplest way to answer it is, um, for me, I felt like I could further uh, my footy development around this group and I felt like I could really add to, to the team. Um, I felt their system and the people that they had around the club, um, not only the playing group but the coaches and um, the guys above like David Noble and Greg Swan, it just felt like a really good fit for me and um, felt like I could um, better my footy here at, at Brisbane and um, yeah. that was probably the main reason. There's other parts to it obviously yeah. but... Um, that's probably the main reason. Probably the money was all right too. But um, yeah. Lockie, there's a big issue that I'm concerned about. It's the it's the centre wicket. It gets roped off oh, before the game. Yeah. Oh, the curator he wanders around and he just about uh, takes a gun out with him to protect the area. Kevin Mitchell Jr. Yes, I, I just want to know how often do you guys train on the Gabba and how often aren't there flags around the centre wicket area because this guy guards it like it's some piece of gold. He does guard it very tightly, and this year, like like everything, it's been really different for us as well. We've had to train at different venues, and I think maybe twice this whole season, um, including round one and everything, we've we've trained on the Gabba. So only twice, twice, been... twice in the whole year. Yeah, yeah. So wow. um, other than playing, we haven't been we haven't been there very often. So we got to train there yesterday, um, oh, and that was only geez. the second time this year. So we've wow. been training at different um, local venues around uh, Brisbane. Why is that, Lockie? Is that because they won't let you on it? Uh, what, is the reason, what is the reasoning? Yeah, I think this year, because there's been so many games um, compared to usual being played at the Gabba, they want to protect it and um, look after the surface. So um, we've been told to find somewhere else to train. Hey, tell me, as we move away from your own fine season, uh, Grant Birchall, our man, uh, the uh, reptilian. Yes. Is he, <laughs> is he Locke, about to propose? Because oh. he's found a beautiful girl. <laughs> yeah. My mail is that he mightn't be far away from getting down on bended knee. Ooh. Yeah, well, I, uh, I hope not. Britt's a, a lovely girl, as you said. And, um, I hope not. She's you far too good for, for Birch. <laughs> Far too good for Birch, so he, he probably should. He probably should sooner rather than later. But uh, I'm not too sure. I, I hope so. I love weddings, so hopefully I get a gig. <laughs> he's he is starting to look comfortable, Birch, and, yeah. and and he's very comfortable <laughs> knowing that there is a possibility he could be five times five time premiership. That player. would be amazing. I, and the white shorts aren't good no, for him. No. no, he's got a big bum, hasn't he, Lockie? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you said it, not me. <laughs> and that coming from Bill, by the way, Locke. I don't know if you've seen Fat lately. Hey, hey, he was uh, nicknamed Cowboy, and you're a Victorian. I didn't know that. Aspley, uh, early days. Uh, yeah, I, uh, I, when my parents were together, they only uh, they were only together from uh, for a little bit and separated yeah. when I was about one. Um, but we lived in in Apsley, which is just um, basically on the border. Yeah, it is. Um, so, Bill, do you want to take Locke back any further? Like you, <laughs> you take him back to leaving when he's Freo, well. which was about four Wait. years ago. Wait, now Wait. you're taking him back to where he's born. Well, Anything he, else? He kicked eight goals when he was under 14s. Oh, no, cowboy! Is that right, cowboy? Oh, Not just me. go go with me, cowboy.
<laughs> I think um, Pav, Pav actually tried to get the nickname Cowboy to stick for me when I first yeah. got the Freo, but it didn't work. So. <laughs> All right, we won't go with Cowboy, uh, Lock. A- any other questions, Bill? Yeah, anything else, Bill? You want to ask Lock about are you his family? Get, are you married, Lock? Are you going to get married? What's yeah. uh, here? You're travelling there, you're holding hands? I am married. Yeah, oh. I've been married for a couple of years now. Well, coming up to two years in a, in a month or so. Mm. Who was your best man? Uh, Alex Forster, who actually grew up oh, with me in, in yeah, South Forza. Australia, and yeah. uh, he got drafted to Frio as well. So we were best mates then and um, continued to be so. That's as appalling a line of questioning <laughs> as I've heard to a champion. Well, we've we found out something, because we all know and love Lockie. Yep. And now we found out some more about him. I like it. Good. And he, what a lovely oh, bloke. Actually, can you yeah. run us through some of the awards you've won? Obviously, the uh, Taylor Made. And, oh, the uh, triple MVP. What, what are some of the other uh, awards you've uh, You've won. Won, yeah. This year or in the past? No, or? no, this year. This year. Uh, or the only the only other ones that I know of are the um, the coaches association and the PA. Did you get anything MVP. for that other than a trophy? Oh, I think you might get a little bit of money. I'm not too no. sure. Mm. My coaches association. Coaches association is a bloody good one though, Lock, because they are the people. The only people that vote on that are the 18 senior coaches. So coaches, yeah. For them to say that you are the best player in the comp is uh, high praise. Yeah, I respect that award uh, enormously, and there's some great names that have won that one. And as you said, I think Fags told me that the assistants go through and they all sort of <laughs> put their votes in um, on the Monday after games. Um, so it's sort of 50 to 60 of the best minds in the game mm-hmm. that vote on that. So, um, yeah, that one's a real privilege. Uh, well done. Well, mate, you will love getting out to see Benji at the TaylorMade Fitting Centre. You'll have a great time doing that. And when the clubs arrive, mate, you'll have a beautiful yeah, set of bats beautiful. to the course with. We thank TaylorMade again for their amazing support. Well, well done, Locke. Good luck, Brownlow night, of course, where yeah. I think you'll have a good evening there as well. But Ooh. more importantly, with the big finals coming up. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. And your, your cowboy. Star of the comp, that man. Australia need a real classical Dean Jones. What's it like to be a Victorian to play cricket at the MCG? Well, it's it's awesome. You know, you've got 70,000, 80,000 people just wanting you to do well. I, I struggle with it, I'll be honest with you. Your adrenaline's running so much. Big hit. Back 20 rows by Dean Jones. Well, you're very, very proud of the 48 you made in your very mm. first test match in Port of Spain, Trinidad. 48. Yeah, that's my that's my best ever knock. Um, on a green pitch, Marshall Garner Robertson though, holding in co. It's it was dangerous. Oh, he smashed that one. Oh, that'll end up in Coco's. It's got miles. It's a big six. Huge six there from Dean Jones. He's decided to let loose. Uh, hard to believe uh, everyone enjoy in this conversation, but Damo, I'll start with you. Hard to believe the passing of uh, the great Dean Jones. 52 test matches, had an average of 46. It was a fine, fine test player, but probably remembered more for the way he revolutionised short-form cricket. But I said to Bill during the week, a larger-than-life person, Dino, wasn't he? He had this persona, this swagger, this presence that um, you rarely find in in sport, and uh, at 59, it's hit us all pretty hard. Yeah, it has, Jim, hasn't it? And and again, everyone's got a different recollection, a different memory, and a different reason to to love and and revere Dean Jones. And I mean, everyone's um, reflected, haven't they? And and it hit me like it hit everyone else when the news came through during the week that what had happened. And um, 
Look, you just go back. I go back to a 15-year-old when I think of, or even a 14, 13-year-old of the Dean Jones when he burst into that Victorian team and then he and then he strutted his stuff on the, the international stage, didn't he, in a way that all I wanted to be growing up was Dean Jones. And then you, you then see him um, have that career he's had. And people reflect on it, don't they, from the cricket side of it, Jim, and, and say that it might have been slightly unfulfilled. And yet I look at it and see 52 tests at an average of 47 and, and, and a man who revolutionised the, the short form of the game. And again, to still be actively working and revered around the world in, in the cricket mad India, um, right through to the what happened during the week, it, it, the standing within the game and the, the people he touched. Now, again, Jim, as you know, he, he, he was a person who was abrasive, but that was his nature, wasn't it? And, and that was what made him so good on the ground, that he just was prepared to take on any person, any situation, anything in the pursuit of, of being the best he, he could be. And um, look, it's, look, there's so many people he has reached and, and touched throughout the course of this week. And, yeah, it's, it's just very sad now to be talking on this particular day about what's happened this week. Spot on, Damo. And, and Jim, you played against him, and you also work with him later on in the commentary. Yep. But when you played against him, you were telling a story uh, during the week. He was an agitator. He used to get under the skins of the opposition. And that's exactly what we saw with Kirtley Ambrose or any other Richard Hadley. It didn't matter. Yep. But even in state cricket, where, oh, yeah. where he loved Victoria. He, he did. loved Victoria. And you used to have some great games against uh, Dino with South Australia. No, no, he was nuts. And he was an agitator, Bill. Yeah. So he, he purposely did things that he knew would piss you off, yeah, yeah. basically, yeah. on the field. Spot on. And it did piss you off. And you, you, you would end up getting that angry with him because you do things like, you know, there's, there's an unwritten rule in cricket, uh, Duck, that you're always ready when the bowler's ready to bowl. If yeah. you're the batsman, yeah. it's, it's part of the, you know, the unwritten law of the game that once the bowler's ready to bowl, you're ready to face. Yeah. That's how it is. And otherwise, you just never get through a day's cricket. Every bloody mm. game gets held up all the time. Mm. But Dino used to make sure he wasn't ready <laughs> as often as possible yeah. just to get the opposition <laughs> captain and bowler annoyed. And that's just how he was. But it was interesting because when we walked in here today and you've got Leroy and a few of the other boys that work in the Triple M mm. building behind the scenes, they didn't know a lot because they're so young. young didn't yeah. know a lot about him as a cricketer. But we grew up with him. Yeah, and mm. J- JB, he was a great test player, Amazing. wasn't he? Amazing. Average 46, yep. uh, I think 50s in one day. He was the one-day player of the year worldwide yep. for probably the best one-day player in the world for about three years running. No yep. doubt. What, what was he like at test cricket and, and what happened? Incredible, but he ended up out of the side. Damo, and you were covering cricket yeah. at that time. He ended up coming back from a tour of Sri Lanka, and they they made some changes because it wasn't a great tour uh, ahead of a West Indies series here in Australia. And he was a long, long way from Australia's worst batsman in that series. In fact, I think Mark Ward made something like four ducks in the yep. series, and yet the yep. first team was picked for the first test here at the Gabba. Mark Wall played, and he didn't, and he never played again. No, that's what happened, and, and he made a 100, in, I think, in his last test in his second innings, and, and the argument, and I remember at the time, the, the narrative around it, and this was clearly the messaging being put out by the selectors, was that he made runs in dead innings in the second uh, in the second dig, and again, I, I always thought that was unfair to, to reflect on what he was doing in that way, but he then had Mark Wall in that situation, Jim, and then as you well know yourself, um, the two young guns from 
Perth at the time in Damian Martin and Justin Langer were also demanding of spots. And it was the same summer, effectively, where Damian Martin burst onto the scene and, and, and that he just never got back in. And what I loved about him in that respect, though, Jim, um, he still went back to Victorian cricket and, and played amazing cricket at a time oh, yeah. when that was still yeah. absolutely at its zenith, where, where you were involved in it as well, obviously, for another state. But you still had the best players playing a full season of Shield cricket. And, and he dominated then. Yeah. And, he, and he had so much pride. He still tried to get back into the Australian team and was selected in a couple of um, squads and, and, and nearly got back. Um, but he never really got over it, did he? And, and that, that was, um, I, I suppose, an unfortunate part of what was a fantastic career. I've spoken to a few people over the last few days about Dino and, and, and the contact that they have with him. And a lot of it, emanates out of he was a great media listener so if something was written yes someone yeah. talked about him on the radio or they saw him on the t- he saw someone on the tv he would often text in a note i agree with you yeah. on that or i don't agree how about giving us a go on this or whatever he always had an opinion off air about what yeah. you were saying on air we had a call we had a, a footballer come in the rush hour about five years ago i reckon fat mm. and we were asking him because it, it was a two-hour show then so we had a bit more time and we said to this young bloke i don't know who it was we said, um, who were your heroes growing up? And he said, Jason Dunstall. And Bill and I looked at each other and said, geez, I hope he's not listening. Because we said, he is the last person that needs to hear that well, from a young star. Dermot's the other one. And then, he, and then, so we said that on air. Yeah. And I was desperately hoping the chief was listening because we love giving him a clip. Yeah. Anyway, the young bloke said, well, my other hero growing up was Dean Jones. And he and I looked at each other and said, that's worse. <laughs> anyway, Dino heard yes. about it, didn't he? He did. So within a minute of us coming off oh, air, yeah. I had the text. What did you say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Like I said to him, Dino, did you hear what we said? It was a backhanded compliment. Yeah. And when he knew what we said, That's he was right. fine. But he's, Look, I, he was, was on to us yep. straight away. I, I loved him as a player, but we, we he was basically my neighbour out at Romsey. Yes. So we had a bit oh, to yeah. do there. And he used to play in this social cricket game that we'd organise once a year out at Cope William. At on the that Wondering. beautiful cricket ground. Yeah, a little yeah. cricket ground yeah. out there. It was absolutely yeah. magnificent. Just a bunch of guys that couldn't play cricket, basically. Yep. You could have together. commentated. And, you, uh, you're good at the cricket. I could have. I uh, marshy about that shortly. Um, but uh, he, I remember this one day, and I had all my mates and a couple of come from Perth, and they'd come from all over Australia to be in this cricket game. And I said, now, Jonesy, you're going to play today, because he'd lived about a kilometre yeah, from the ground. He did. And he said, yeah, no worries. And I said, but when you roll up, be in your pads ready to go. I'll win the toss because the toss was always got up. And, um, and I'll just raise my hand when it's time for you to come in because I don't want anyone to know that a former Australian player is coming to play for my team. A Otherwise, special guest. Yeah, special guest. Yeah. And so the, about the third drop, uh, the wave to Dino in the car, and he had about four bats lining up on the, uh, up on the fence, <laughs> which might have given it away just a little. Would have. Dino, normally you don't even take a bat to these days. He's taken four. Uh, and put the hand up, come out. He's got the sunglasses is on JB. He's yes. got the hat on, the cream yes. on. You couldn't not see. He walked to the middle of the ground. The guys are thinking, oh, this is just another one of Brian's wanker mates from over <laughs> Perth and this guy will have no idea. We'll whip a few by him. And it took him about two overs to realise that not. it was the great team. No and he just, he just struck this ball beautifully <laughs> through point. You know, just crispness of it. And all of a sudden it's made him look up and go, oh, he can bat. Who is this guy? <laughs> takes off his sunglasses and they're bowling to Dean Jones. It was a fantastic day. And then of course 
course, he, he loved coming over to the pavilion a little bit later what on and make? just uh, letting them know about his oh, whole career. Well, what did he make? He made, <laughs> I was 40 not out. He made 40 not out. He used to get on the circuit a bit, didn't he? And, yep. and, and he'd talk about these uh, 210 uh, for a while. In Madras. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Madras. And then uh, he's, he's 48 and he's first thing. But he used to talk about himself. But that's what we all love. Yeah. his golf. That's what we all do. We all do. Very good. Like, you only got to listen to Duck and everything's about yeah. Duck, but you know. <laughs> he and I used the same bat company. I used to go to Kookaburra yeah. and get his box down because he got special wood out of England Slam. that no one else got, and I would steal them. Yeah, good. And, and then I'd walk out in the middle and he'd go, hang on a minute, that's, that's saying, one of mine. Are you saying there was different wood in it? Oh, yeah. yeah. And really? he, got, he got the best wood because he was the best player. And Jim got the worst. And I got the not-so-good wood, so I stole his. got the one with knots in it. That's yeah. it. That's exactly it, Bristol. Now you're getting a handle on how I was treated. But a legend. Ah, mate. A legend. Great yeah. man, and he will be sorely missed. I wanted to be him at some point. Yep. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Champion, well done uh, to Dino with everything he did. But his beautiful girls, Janie and the daughters, who will be uh, hurting at the moment. We send them all the love from Triple M Footy. We're going to get to a break. We've got uh, some news next. We've got Paul Marsh still to come. In fact, he might uh, jump in pretty quickly too. And then a great name of the 90s for Hard Yakka and for McDonald's Triple M Rocks. Saturday afternoon football. The Triple M Footy Saturday rub for Hard Yakka. A history of hard. For McDonald's. Triple M rocks footy. Saturday afternoon, of course, uh, just in the bye week before the final start. We can't wait for that. For Hard Yakka, of course, the new quantum safety boots from King G are in. KingG.com.au. And for McDonald's, the Monopoly game at Macca's is in full swing. Terms at McDonald's.com.au. Some news not far away. A big name of the 90s. And Ben Reid, of course, uh, the retiring Magpie Premiership player. We look forward to chatting to him as well. But lots of news kicking around, Damo. And this uh, next guest is right in the middle of most of it. Yeah, he is. And there's people who, who do meetings. And then there's this man, Paul Marsh, the head of the AFL Players Association, now been in Queensland for about three and a half weeks. And I don't think anyone in the entire country has had more meetings than Paul Marsh. As we say, hello. Thank you for joining us on Triple M Footy today, Paul. Just the many issues still yet to have a resolution on going out of 2020 into 2021. The list sizes from a club perspective and the ultimate TPP attached to the list sizes is the key one. Are we getting closer as an industry to, to knowing what the list size number will be next year? Uh, firstly, g'day, guys. Um, thanks for having me. Look, yeah, we're um, look, we're working through it with the AFL at the moment. We, we do have a, a CBA that runs for another two years, and, and where we're at is we're just working through a review of it with the AFL. So, um, you know, we've, we've had some discussions. We've got a bit of work still to go. Um, understand that, you know, we want to get this done. So everyone's got some certainty, but we're not there yet. Do you, do you concede that 2021 will have lesser players per club uh, on list? Oh yeah, possibly. I mean, I think you know we've, I've, as you just alluded to off the top, Damo. I've been around now and I've seen every playing group in the last week and a half. Um, and you know, I think that there's uh, there's a discussion to be had around that. Um, I don't think if if we do make some change, it'll be a big one. But um, as you also said, it is linked to TPP, and that's something that we are still working through. So I think whatever deal we do, the two of them will need to be done at the same time, um, and that's what we're working through. Sure. You've clearly now got your own eyes and ears on what hub life is like. I know you've been out to the other hubs away from the one you're staying in yourself, but do you feel, Paul, and are the players prepared and at least aware in the backs of their minds that there may be a requirement in some form for hubs to be part of the 2021 season already? 
Um, I bloody hope not. But I think um, I think we're in a position where you know, obviously, the, the situation in Victoria is getting better, and you know, being up here as you'd be feeling as well. Um, it, it's, I mean, COVID isn't doesn't even feel like a thing up in Queensland at the moment, and it's probably the only thing we're talking about in Melbourne. So there's certainly hope that we're not going to be in this position. But um, you know. Clearly, if we get to a point next year where there's no other options, then we need to work through it. And I think we'll need to work through some of the lessons from this year um, because I think, you know, there has there has been some issues this year and I think we could improve it if we had to go again. But let's hope we're not there. Sure. AFLW, there's so much un- unknown around that as, as well. What is it that you can tell our listeners today in terms of uh, how that will, will look? And is it a guarantee that in order to get the season away, that, that AFLW too will have to go into a hub life? Yeah, look, it's another issue that we're working through with the, the players and the AFL. At the moment, um, we are aiming to get started with the pre-season as per normal and we're trying to schedule a, a normal home and away season but again it's going to depend on where the governments are at um, and whether we can actually do it hubs are a possibility and you know we've been working through that with the, the players i think you know an important point here is that aflw players nearly all of them um, work and or study so we'll need to make sure if we get to that point that they get as much notice so that you know if we are going to get into that you know we're not actually preventing them from, from working um, or we're compensating them if that's where we need to get to. So, look, it, there's so much uncertainty in the industry at the moment that you've got to sort of plan for a whole lot of different options and, and clearly we'd like to have a normal season, but if we can't, then then hubs are a possibility. And the soft cap coming back, Paul, so that uh, clubs have got far less to pay their staff, is that a concern to you because of the welfare of that your players have been used to they mightn't get in the future? Yeah, it is. Um, in some respects, it's a bit of a conflict of interest for us because we're also trying to negotiate the best pay deal we can for the players. And, um, you know, if you've got a lower soft cap, there's more there for the players. But on the flip side, you know, the, every, every playing group wants to be looked after and well-being is a really important part of it. So, you know, I think the industry's gone pretty hard on the soft cap. And, um, uh, you know, I know a lot of people think we've probably gone too far in that respect. I actually think the players have done an amazing job in this last 16-week period. Firstly, you know, having the season cancelled and having to go off on their own and maintain, you know, fitness standards and, you know, skin folds and all the rest of it. And then to come back and, uh, Paul, if you'd have said to me 11 clubs are going to hub, that's around 400 players and we're only going to have the tiny bit of indiscretion we've had with the Richmond situation and a couple of other tiny little bits and pieces. But, you know, I would have said that was close to a recipe for disaster and yet I reckon the players have handled it really well. Yep, I do too. I think it's it's nice to hear someone with a bit of sensible um, perspective on this issue because I mean they have, I think they've been unbelievable this year. They've done pretty much everything asked of them. Um, you know, it's kept they've kept the industry afloat by getting out there and doing what they've done. And yeah, we've had a couple of issues, but none of them have been you know massive um, in the scheme of things. So I'm really proud of what the players have done this year. Spot on, Paul. Uh, Billy here, mate. Speaking of well-being, Sydney Stack and Coleman Jones, unfortunately, a couple of those. You're obviously still in touch with those. And how are those boys? Because, you know, the media goes hard for a few days. Uh, us being in the media go hard. And then we actually forget about them. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the club doesn't forget about them and we don't forget about them. And I think you know, the guys are, you know, we're obviously embarrassed and it's been a difficult time for them. But um, as best I know, they're going OK. Um, and I'm sure they'll be looking forward to getting back amongst their teammates, um, you know, when the pre-season starts.
Paul, what are the players saying to you when it comes to the um, quarter length for next season? Um, I, I'd probably mixed views on this. I think if you uh, there's probably a direct correlation between age of player and their response on this. So the older guys probably like it sh- slightly shorter, but maybe not as short as 16. Um, the younger blokes probably like it a bit longer. But I, I think you know where where we would like it to get to is um, probably somewhere in between where we've got to this year and what's traditional. So about 18 minutes, I think, would be right. Um, so I, I don't think it's been a, um, a terrible thing, but obviously scoring's been impacted this year, and I think that's probably something that needs to be looked at. Okay, and, and one more from me when it comes comes to, to length of issues for, for next year. The length of the season itself, did you expect it to return to a 22-week a season, or is there going to be a variation around that? Yeah, that's all part of the conversation around the CBA. I think, you know, what we all need to do at the moment is um, keep an open mind to how we come out of this stronger, and that's what we're focused on at the moment. So we, um, you know, we're certainly not against um, looking at the length of the season. Um, you know, we, we have we do have some financial issues as an industry at the moment, and um, the games are where you're going to get, you know, you're going to get your biggest kick. So that's a conversation that we're having with the AFL. So, so possibly more than the 22? Is that what mm. you, you're alluding yeah, I'm to? Not, keep going, I'm not, Momo. I'm not ruling anything out. I mean, I think it's a it's a it's a good conversation, and I think we should be having these types of conversations right now, whether it's about length of season or any other issues um, or ideas to to improve what we're doing. So um, that's where a lot of our focus is at the moment. What would be the ceiling on a on a game number? <laughs> um, I don't know the answer to that, Domo, but um, you know, know there's, there's there's lots of um, there's lots of discussions to be had, and you know, given you work at AFL House, I'm sure you'll uh, you'll get a good handle on it pretty quickly. How's uh, the old man going, please? The, the great Rodney Marsh. He would have been uh, drinking some nice red over the course of the winter, and I reckon happy enough with what he saw from his Dockers, because geez, he's been doing some whinging over the last four or five years. Uh, no, the, the whinging hasn't stopped. Um, he, he directs most of that attention um, at the men in, in yellow and um, very irrationally too, I think. Um, but no, he's going well, mate. You know what he's like. He plays golf four times a week. He spends Tuesdays at Dan Murphy's. And, um, <laughs> and of course, uh, with your heritage in the game of cricket and uh, formerly head of the Players Association for Cricket Australia, it's a very sad passing of Dino uh, during the week. Yeah, that was a, an absolute shock, wasn't it? Um, larger than life figure, and yeah, it's just incredible. So young, it's, um, it shows you how vulnerable we all are, really, doesn't it? But um, yeah, no thoughts, obviously, with his family and the whole career community, because it's, uh, it's a real shock. Hey, well done. I think it's been, uh, this is the whole of the AFL, but the players, a uh, big, big part of that. The way this season's been uh, able to happen and finish is a great credit to uh, everyone. Uh, just before you go, Paul, um, Brian's thinking about coming back and calling cricket for Channel 7. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Any thoughts on his commentary on the cricket? <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, Paul? I'm sure he'll be better for the run the first time around. Brian? Doing a nice job in football too, Paul. <laughs> Thank you, Very bro. good job. Hey, uh, well done. Thanks for joining us today. Anytime, guys. I was going to allude to something off the top uh, there, Brian, but yeah. um, time ran out, so I've just had to hang on to it a bit. What, and, what do you got? Well, that's our man, Damo. He's up in the hub, and uh, we found out that even though he's uh, the highest paid person mm. at uh, AFL yes. Media, he's mm. become a minibus driver. <laughs> um, so we found that out. But the other yeah. thing that I didn't get out before, uh, Willis, oh. is the fact that uh, it's my understanding oh, that during Jim. the week... Jim. 
Damo has maimed. Oh, no. Oh. Maimed. What's that mean? One, well, physically injured. Well, well say uh, that. Uh, f- well, f- well, most people know what maimed means. No, You're not, the only one that doesn't. Not our um, audience. <laughs> a, a female member of oh. staff. Oh. He, he, kicked oh, a, he kicked a ball at her. I bet you it didn't and, and spin right. It was a complete sack. <laughs> yes, just exactly. just a, a floating mung yeah, at this poor girl who was. tried to mark it, and she broke her finger oh, no. attempting to mark it. And uh, am I right in saying that, Damien? Uh, oh, again, Jim, if I ever find out who it is that you've got in this particular <laughs> hub, I'm going to uh, have a stern word to that person. But we did, uh, for five minutes, I had a kick of a football out in the beautiful grass out here. Oh. And I did lace out a 45-metre pass to uh, Nadine Rabar from the AFL. And unfortunately, she uh, she spilled the mark. And in so doing, um, I did hear a little no, crack no, at that don't. moment in time. No, don't. And no, you, you might want to say you might want to say that it was a combination of an Adam Simpson, Mickey Martin drop punt. But I can tell you it was more likely a Darren Jarman type of bullet. Uh, my information is, and it comes directly almost from the source, that <laughs> your kicks were continually at the shoelaces yeah. of this person oh. and that yeah. uh, her kicks were lace out to you. So it's actually the opposite way. And by the way, uh, there are reports emanating out of the uh, uh, area that you're in up there that uh, you've been cited too many times in shorts. It's not a good look oh. apparently up there, Damo, and uh, especially the stubbies <laughs> you've been wearing. They, uh, it's, just n- it's just no good, mate, and your kicking's no good, I'm told. I can vouch for Nadine's kicking. She she was kicking beautifully that well, night. What but, are uh, you? Unfortunately, kicking? why are you kicking? Unfortunately, Damien, you're oh, a Bill, bus you're a bus driver, mate. Yeah, what are you the bus there kicking on the grass for? <laughs> there was there was a five minute patch where some footies were flying around and there was no one around Bill and they asked me to join them and I did and oh, yeah, unfortunately for Nadine, I did so. You've missed you've missed yes. leg day just about every day you've been yeah. to the gym. Yeah. <laughs> 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 oh, <I do. laughs> That's duck <laughs> Have a look at his piss. This is the skin, oh, this yeah. <laughs> this is the man who played Senna Ford for 250 games, the skinniest legs ever, apart from Dermot Burton. <laughs> now, so Purple, uh, just stay away from the balls, I think, is uh, yeah. where we yeah. go with you. Now, balls and you don't go. Let's uh, get into the news <laughs> proper. Yes, I do. Um, yeah. The BNFs, let's start with them. Uh, what have you, what's your take out of all of I those? Don't... Zach, I love a couple of stories that have already emerged from the, the best and fairest. Um, we had Jordan Ridley uh, a week ago who started this season with nine yeah. games of football to his name, winning a club best and fairest at Essendon. And then um, the last 48 hours, we've had uh, Sam Collins, um, the now Gold Coast Suns player, ex-Fremantle, ex-Box Hill, ex-Werribee-connected Sam Collins, who also gets to add a best and fairest. So I'm, I'm really enjoying really? And, and I'm Petrarca? And well, Petrarca was a, obviously a big and name, but it, the, and, and Rolly O'Brien, yeah. and Rolly O'Brien, Bill, who, who I, I thought really held himself well when he had that mishap of uh, tweeting out something <laughs> that he had privately said about Nick Nat. But yeah. I, I'm just I'm liking the diversity, BT. You, you don't? You'd rather it be the the bigger names? They're, well, they're not big names, but they're well, young, uh, up and coming names. But Rolly that, O'Brien. That, that's what surprises me by one vote over Rory Laird. He got it in the last votes of the night. Mind you, their season was open with the way they went, wasn't? It yeah, for anyone exactly. to win but it. Yeah. That's a good effort by Go, the big the Gold Coast one, Collins, is a. Uh, uh, look, I've seen three or four Gold mm. Coast games and he's been okay, but didn't realise he'd been that consistent. Well, there's no standouts, was there? Who would stand out for the. 
Or Raul until he got injured. No, yeah, that, well, that was just... Uh, he probably let it. Season. He would have let it for no, three quarters of the night. He, yes, exactly. <laughs> no, he's a very fine, uh, big defender. Tell us, uh, Max Gorn interests me. I, I think Christian Petrarca, by the way, is a very worthy uh, best and fairest winner at Melbourne Purple. Yep. But Max Gorn, I love as a footballer. Everyone knows that I do. He's just uh, not only a brilliant player, but I love what he brings. But this hasn't been his best season. No. Not only just according to me, but according to his own club, he came six in Melbourne's best and fairest, and yet he's an All-Australian. Yeah, I, I think that was one of the big surprises out of the All-Australian, given that they put him on the bench um, to, to basically, inverted commas, ruck with Nick Natanui in that All-Australian team. And that, that was a, a massive surprise. I mean, he's obviously been a, a three-time All-Australian prior to this year, so now he's got the extraordinary status of four times. And, and we don't want to play that down, because anyone who gets into that oh, squad of is deserving of it. But at the same time, of the 22, that, that one, that name was the one that jumped out, I think, at most stuck. Would you, would you yeah. agree yeah, no. with I was surprised that he made it. Certainly hasn't been anywhere near his best year, and he'd admit that. No. He's, I think he's actually said that. And I'm like you, JB. I, I love what he brings to the game, but uh, very surprised that he was All-Australian. I reckon if you get on the bench, you can't really count it. Or danger. Oh, rubbish, you can. Nah, that's... Yeah, hang what? on, are you saying to me, hang on. It does. There's been, what has there been, about six players have won it eight times, yeah. and, and yeah. one of those is our Danger. Great, is our great mate, Rashut. Oh, Rashut. Yes. Yes. Uh, now, I look back, are you, are you telling me that uh, he's won eight All-Australians? Yeah. I did have a close look, and I think four of them were on the bench. Yeah. Are you telling me that really he's only a four-time All-Australian? <laughs> I'm prepared to add the four benches up as one. Oh. Right, so oh. Oh, duck, you can't say that. Oh. So, Mark Rusciuto, five-time oh, All-Australian. Five All yes. <laughs> uh, Patrick Dangerfield, eight-time, eight, by the way. Eight. That's pretty yeah, good. But, but, and by, captain. And, and by, yeah, well, four of those as well, Bill. But oh. if, if, oh. <laughs> and Bill, you're on the bench in 91, mate. If you have a look at the 1991 All-Australian. You're on the bench, Bill. And me and Craig Turley, two of the greats. Charles oh. Turley. Curls. up in a tree. <laughs> look, couldn't if, get if you go back to 92, when I was an All-Australian, <laughs> yes. I finished fifth in the Brownlow and still didn't, wasn't all Australian that year. But that, that, that is amazing. <laughs> Harvey Rusciuto, Ablett Senior, Ablett Junior, Danger and Franklin have all won eight. It's amazing. Yeah. That is an amazing yeah, is. consistency. That's, you know, more than half of their career have been at the absolute top end. All in different positions. Yeah. A uh, Domo, North Melbourne, they've had a savage list cull, uh, but it looks like continuing. Yeah, it does. Uh, we, we know they now have delisted 11 players, and, and those players will, will seek to find new homes. But that Sean Higgins, as we discussed on this show last week, Jim, we, we did alert our, our listeners to the, the likelihood that he would explore options, and, and he will now, given that he, he signed a contract last year at this time that uh, hasn't been lived up to from his club's perspective. I say that from the context of that at that stage, they were planning to play finals, and as we know, the narrative around that was, was not just to play, but, but win a final. So that's change. They're now in complete rebuild mode. We know Ben Brown and have known for some time he too would be looking for a, a new home and that will take, um, that will unfold as these teams drop out of the finals race. I know I know St Kilda has actually asked the question. Now, that doesn't mean they're sold on him but they're certainly aware of his situation and have Bill been Long. for some time and, and, and Bill, I, I, I still think I still think that it's worth asking, if you're a footy club, about Todd Goldstein as well. He, like Higgins, this time last year, was about to go to Geelong. They, they, they both were thought of by Geelong as being very gettable. They ended up staying at North Melbourne. But yep. a year down the track, BT, the situation has changed for the club. It's changed for them. 
Goldstein's on big money, which will be prohibitive for a club that wants him. But we, we just look at GWS, that they have not got a Ruckman on their list right now with Jacobs and, and Mumford do, retiring. Deal with, the, deal with the Ruckman in a minute. But first of all, Higgins, Damo. And, Duck, I want to ask you this about Higgins. He turns 33 before the season starts next year. So if, if, if he were to go off exploring and clubs were exploring his possibility and the finishing of his career, what are you thinking if you're inquiring into Sean Higgins? Are you thinking that you're going to get one year out of him at 33 or more? Now, I think more. What you've got to remember, he missed a big part of his career, and that's why I think yep. he, he's still moving very, very well. And, I'm, and I know there have been a, a couple of uh, ex-players ex that are in the media that are saying, go chase the premiership. I mean, I don't understand why ex-players, who if you said that about them when they were playing, JB, mm -hmm. they would be up in arms, and yep. yet they get into the position they're in, and they, they almost barrack, chase a premiership. It was like when Mark Murphy was coming out, everyone said, leave Carlton, go maybe try and, try and win a flag. Sean Higgins... I mean, I, I don't, I don't know him that well personally, but I would love to see him stay at North Melbourne and help develop this group. But Duck, I, I suspect he wants to stay at North Melbourne too. Yeah. I don't know what this whole narrative is about. Why would Damo, the Kangaroos, who are, if, if you're going to go down this rebuilding path, one thing you have to do you have to have is keep a core kids. of senior players who are going to hold up while you bring these kids through. And why would you not want Sean Higgins part of that when he's arguably with Ben Cunnington your best player? So. Yeah, I agree, but clearly there's some disharmony there, Jim. You only needed mm. to tap into it partially with what they were uh, enduring in the in the latter stages of their of their hub here in southeast Queensland. Then the decision was made for eleven players to be exited. Uh, the Ben Brown thing hasn't been, uh, you know, handled well from a public perspective, and 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 Higgins clearly um, is going to be reconsidering his future. Now, the, the the starting position and the default position ultimately is the contract that runs into 2021, and if if you, if you are Brady Rawlings, who's overseeing this uh, entire list movement, um, well, he might just say at some stage, no, we are going to hold you to that. But look, it was, it's, it's fact that Geelong, at one stage of the uh, the trade period last year, felt that they were going to get both Goldstein and Higgins. I'd be staggered if uh, 12 months down the track they didn't at least pick up the phone uh, again to, no doubt, to both those players. No doubt. So Higgins is one part. Now, Damo mentioned the other part uh, that is uh, associated with both these clubs, North and Geelong, and that's Goldstein. Now, right at the moment, I've just been through Geelong's list yes. and had a look. They've got six Ruckman on their list. They've got Go Blitzarves, Deconing, uh, Darcy Fort, Jenkins, Radagalia, Stanley. Probably two of them, Radagalia, future, could could go all right in the future. Ford. And Blitzarves are probably getting the job done, Bill. They'd rather him at fullback or do in they, the back do, line. Do they get rid of a couple of those? Do they get rid of a couple of those? And Stanley offside well, with injury always seems to be... Well, go through them, righto. And, we, and do we Stanley's, get Goldstein? Stanley's their number one. Yep. Who hasn't played for four weeks, but is training well. Radagalia? Radagalia's more of a forward, they look at, okay. because Tomahawk's got, what, two years left? Okay, Jenkins? Jenkins they brought in just to help out. Out, okay. And he's a backup. Darcy Fort. Very good. Young, well, 23 or 4, played three seasons over in the Sandful. Deconing. Aggressive, and they like they like Fort. Deconing? Yep. Yeah, just picked him up last year. Only a young kid. But again, a Ruckman, Ford, all back. Very athletic, and he's one for the future. And Blitzers. Blitzers a bit. Back. Play him down back. All right, more news to come later, Purple. There's lots to discuss. Uh, what happens to uh, the Danaher name at Essendon is part of it. What the Blues are doing, bringing Zach Williams in and other things, and Jim, the, the awards nights. Steel Balm. I haven't heard his name for a while. All I right. want to know what's going on there. All of that still to come, but...
Next, we speak to a great name of the 90s and, uh, well, even snuck into the early 2000s and a star. This man, not only in our game, but in another game. Oh. For Hard Yakka, a history of hard and four McDonald's. Triple M rocks Saturday afternoon football. The Triple M footy Saturday rub for Hard Yakka, a history of hard. For McDonald's. Triple M rocks footy. On the Saturday oh, rub. He felt it wasn't Great names of the 90s. Here he kicks the ball in. What a goal! Good, didn't he? Oh, I was impressed with that. So big Sav, right on 50. Distance not a problem. Great kick. Rocker has booked it. He goes back. And it's a booming drop. What a kick by Tavares. Look over the top. You beauty, Sav. Severio against his own team. They are in front. Nathan Buckley unloads a big bomb. It's one for the high flyers. Oh, He's going to join Coventry and McKenna as the only Collingwood players to kick 10 against Melbourne. He's done it. History. 156 games for Collingwood, 101 for North Melbourne, 748 goals in AFL-VFL football for this champion. And then he buggered off to America and uh, was a punter in the NFL, a groundbreaker over there, and was absolutely superb at it. And what happens, I think Leroy's got this, is uh, we, heard a, we heard a bit of commentary, Fat, when he went over there, and I absolutely loved it because of the way his name was pronounced. Have a listen. 17-yard line in the fake reverse to Leonard. Out of the University of Miami, here is Roscoe Parrish. He's got the kicker to beat, and Rocker makes the stop. Nice tackle by the former Australian rules player from down under. Severio Roca, <laughs> and he joins us. I love this man. Sav, welcome to you. G'day, boys. <laughs> oh, mate, it's great chatting to you. You were a bloody star for Collingwood and then a great player for North Melbourne, and then uh, you went over to the States. We're going to cover all of this, but let's take you right back to when you first started at Collingwood uh, all those years ago. What are your memories of walking into the famous Vicky Park and wearing uh, that amazing jumper? Um, just how quickly it all happened for me i i didn't expect to come uh or to play football i was always going to be a you know a shot putting discus thrower but just how how big the club was and how professional it was and i didn't expect anything like it what what age did you start uh playing football as a junior Sav? i was 15 when i started playing um and then 15? started you know yeah i was 15 i mean mm. I, I played you know school and all that yeah. sort of stuff but Local footy, I just went down to fill in for a buddy of mine. Um, and, yeah, under the 17s I was. You were a shot put expert. Like, you're a... Pre- how, how good? I, I was a shot put. No! Oh, <laughs> you're oh. just a chubby kid oh. that can do it. At Penjarra High School, I still... Well, how far did you throw it? I don't know, about 16 metres. Well, how far could you go, with Seven? The, with the heavy ball. How, uh, far, how far did you get with your shot putting? <laughs> The the distances vary, but it was much more than sixteen. I mean, oh. <laughs> I was only twelve. <laughs> state level? Were you state champion? Oh or? yeah, not you. Bro. I was I was uh, Australian champion uh, in the discus under nineteens when I was wow. sixteen. So Gee. how far did you throw the discus, Sev? I was I was about just under sixty meters back then. Gee, that's a good hoist. Oh, Sav, I like yeah. you know. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, Sav, Sav uh, obviously took up footy late. Did you? Were you good yeah. at it straight away? Um, the, the thing I could do is because I was I stopped growing when I was just on sixteen. So oh, I was six boy. foot four, 
and I was wow. 16. I was, and I'd play ruck, and I could outmark everyone, and I could just punch the ball, you know, 20, 30 metres in a ruck. And so I was much bigger and stronger than everyone else at that time, and I think that's what really, you know, played me in good stead when I was young. But so I couldn't you caught... kick a goal from 20 metres out. <laughs> yeah. Well, you certainly learned to do that from a lot further. One of the best kicks ever. What about um, you came through the 19s, did you not, Sab? Did you have any success there? Yeah, I did. Um, we, we played, um, I think I played a couple of games in the under-17s and then a, a, a year in the under-19s, which was really good under Keith Burns. So it really taught me, you know, how to work hard and, and, and do all that sort of stuff back then. So were you confident when you got going in the AFL and you were really progressing nicely, were you confident that the 50 was always covered for you and that it was more, more a 55-metre kick where your limit was, maybe even 60? I was always more comfortable out there, um, just that I knew that I was going to get a full leg swing um, through it really was good for me. So, I mean, 50-55 was, was okay. Even if the man was standing on 50, I'd certainly be comfortable in making it. So a great <laughs> career in the AFL and you're pushing towards the end of your career. Did you, did you ever want to leave Collingwood and go to North Melbourne or was that just a, uh, that had to happen for you to continue? What happened there? Um, well, I was, you know... Heard some things in the paper that I wasn't going to be there. Mick, that was Mick's first year, um, and then I thought, and then I thought I'd go in and ask Mick if um, I was a required player the following year, and he thought that I should uh, um, either retire or or um, look elsewhere. So um, I offered to take a pay cut and stay at the club, which they said no, they didn't want to happen. So that's when I looked elsewhere. Hey, Sav, and then, of course, the, the NFL experience came your way. Take us through the, the long version of, of that and how it, how it happened. You, you packed up, I think, only a week after the AFL season finished. You're headed to America. Down under. It, it, it was not looking good for you. Take us through the first week and then, ultimately, how you found a spot on a list. So I, two days after I um, retired here, I was on a plane to the States to have a workout with with uh, Buffalo, um, I had that workout and they said um, they'd send me to NFL Europe, which is the way that I wanted to go, um, which was a minor league for, for young and, you know, expiring uh, guys to make it to the NFL. So that's what I wanted to do. I came back here, you know, pinning my hopes on that. Thought I'd give them a call to see if it was still going ahead and it wasn't. So hmm. when I found that out, I went back over to the States to, to get some coaching and see if I could get a couple more workouts. Um, a friend of mine had an apartment in New York um, and we we went there for about a month and I, I wrote, you know, letters to all NFL teams bar the Australians, um, which I was able to get. And I got two replies back saying that they weren't interested and no one else replied back. <laughs> um, so I thought, you know, let's, let's extend. Well, I, I thought, well, we're just coming home and that was the end of it. My friend over there said, why don't you stay for another two weeks and, and see if anything comes of it? So once we, once we uh, extended our stay, um, I reached out to Ben, ben Graham mm -hmm. and he said, why don't you, you contact uh, my manager um, and see if she can help you out? And then literally two days, I did that. And then two days before I was supposed to come home again, um, she got me a workout with the Philadelphia Eagles, and, and that's when they signed me. 
So, so oh, yeah. now uh, you, you roll up at the Philadelphia yeah. Eagles organisation, the car park. <clears throat> you, yep. you're, you're in the car park. You leave, nice cars. You leave your wife, Rose, in the car park. She's sitting in there. She's there for an hour. She doesn't know what's going on. And <laughs> over the hedge of the fence, all she can see is the height of the balls that you're kicking, but she can't actually see you. Take it from there. <laughs> so I'm at uh, the Eagles, and I left Rose and the two kids in the car for, I don't know, it would have been an hour, an hour and a half, two hours. And then, yeah, she ends up seeing these balls flying over the hedge, which I found out later, which was me. So she said, uh, oh, she, from seeing the balls, she thought that I must have had a good session. So when they said they signed me, they said, "Do I have any family?" And I said, "Yeah." So I went out to get to get the the wife and kids, and they said, "Bring them in." And they signed me up right then and there. You must have nailed a couple. Uh, so signed up there and then. Yeah, but well, now, I signed up a... to a futures contract. Oh, yeah. To a futures contract. So, yeah. so no money involved, Sav. No, no money involved at that time. Yeah. So you would have nailed a couple of barrels, but did you then say to them during that tryout, "Hey, listen, I've got another kick that you might be interested in called the drop punt." Well, you, you go through a process. They start you backed up and they want to see you drive the ball as far as you can. Then you go to like 20 yards out of the end zone and you're trying to hit high balls to the boundary line. And then when I get closer in, um, they want to see you pooch. They call it a pooch punt. And my pooch punt is obviously the drop punt. So I asked them if I can do that. And they said, however, you can get the ball there, you just get it there. So <laughs> they were pretty impressed with the ball because when it landed on the five-yard line, most of the times it would bounce backwards and not mm. into the end zone, so they were really happy with that. Ah. Mm. Yeah. Oh, look, it's one of the great stories, mate. How did you find playing for both uh, Washington and Philadelphia? What was the environment like and how does it compare with an AFL environment? Um, yeah, both really good environments. I really enjoyed both of them. Um, very professional, very, although can be um, an individual sort of sport within a team um everyone really focuses on themselves um and, and getting themselves right before i think putting the team um, um first so I, that's where i think the australian aussie rules obviously has it over that that sport over there M- must have been bizarre sav sitting in there you're about to play your first <clears throat> game you've got the big meeting of the week where all the players are in the one meeting i would assume and you're comparing that to what you're doing at, say, Collingwood or North Melbourne in the team meeting there, that, that must have been bizarre. All of a sudden, here you are in the Eagles' rooms thinking about, geez, I'm about to play my first game, and they're doing all these tactics that I know nothing about. Well, at that point in time, Brian, I did know the tactics. You probably it was... would have known it. We were like, you know, six months into preparation. So by that time, it was all, it was all okay. Um, right. When I first got Come over on, there, right. it was like learning Japanese, yep. Right. But, but by that time, it was okay. Uh, and then you knew Mandarin. Uh, Damo's yeah, got a question. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I like that, sir. <laughs> Hey, hey, Sev, when you look at what's happening with, with Ben Brown and, and North Melbourne, are, are there possible similarities to what you've just relayed there with your conversations with a, with a club that you wanted to stay at but, but were asked not to? Do you, do you see him and, – and sorry, where do you see him next year? It's hard to say. Um, you know, it's – does a team need a Ben Brown? And if they do, and I'm sure there is, they should go out there and, and seek – um, you know, Ben, but you have to also, if I was Ben, I'd be asking what can I make myself improve in to make me a better player to play it, you know, be more success, successful in teams. Mm. 
Hey, uh, Sav, you're a great kicking coach now and you've done some wonderful work. What, what For kids listening in, because we see Grian Myers and these kids coming through and they just kick around corners, what do you say? Simply, what do you say to them about kicking for goal? Because that has not improved in 160 years. I think uh, kicking for goal is individual and you have to look at each player um, and assess you know, what works for them and try, you can't change players too much. I've learned that over the last few years. You can't really drastically change what they're doing because otherwise they're not going to feel comfortable in what you give them. Yep. Um, but the, the main aspects is when you really slow down football, uh, goal kicking in football, and you really look at it from front on, if you're the man on the mark, the ball drop is such a big part in it. Um, you know, high ball drops, I was a big fan in, um, you know, gripping the ball, which allowed me to drop the ball a lot lower um, yep. and, and release it lower. I, I'm a fan of that, um, although a lot of people don't do it. Um, and if if you're, you know, running in straight lines or you're running around the corners, I, I think more of a straight line is better. If you're running around corners, you know, you've got to bring that ball back and how much you bring it back, is it, you know, the same every time? Is it not the same? And so it's... it's it's a difficult one to, to answer for each person, but you have to really assess each person as you go. Sure. Oh, Fat, I, you shut me, I shut my eyes. I see yes. this man coming out from the punt road end, centre-half forward, Bang. inside the centre square on a searching lead, and then he'd just wheel around and go whop mm. and goal post height and that was from An- 60. And that was Anthony. Oh, it's unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> You were one of the greats, Sav. We absolutely loved everything you did for Collingwood and North Melbourne and then over in the States. Well done on all of that and what you continue to do in the game. Uh, Thanks, boys. Now, we haven't got long to go, Purple, but we've got Ben Reid coming up next. Uh, The awards nights. We bowled them all over in the one hit, and I think that was a success. Yeah, really well presented too by, by Foxtel. There was some very clever editing done, uh, given everything done was uh, was virtual, effectively, and, and done in advance of the night, a lot of it. So uh, very cleverly put together. And what has been the takeout, guys, is um, great acceptance of it as a concept moving forward. So to have the All-Australian, have the uh, AFL Players MVP, to have the, the Rising Star Award and also the AFL Coaches Association Champion Player of the Year Award all into the one function, it made sense. And I think... Uh, uh, BT, out of many takeouts of the COVID-19 forced uh, requirements of this season, that is going to be one of them we see in the future, just to have the one function and to, to, to allow the Brownlow, obviously, to stand alone, and, and, and so it should, but everything else to be uh, wrapped up in, in some form. That will well, be the plan. Fox were just trying to make uh, extra uh, packages out of them and extra uh, programming out of them, really, and that's what it boiled down to. I mean, if we had a choice, good, they'd good on all be like they would uh, this time around. I think there was some fear that, that by putting them all together, it might diminish some of the achievements. But I think the, the counter um, um, alternative to that was that it actually enhanced and actually, I suppose, uh, stereofied the uh, the achievements of, of certain people. Lockie Neal, who we spoke to, who was the, the big winner, given he was the choice of both players and coach of the year and also the All-Australian added to his list. And there was nothing lost in terms of Caleb Sarong when he was acknowledged as the rising star in, in as significant a way as he would have had it done if it was an isolated rising star function. Joe Danaher, what happens with him and Orazio Fantasia? 
Uh, Jim, I think you know my views on, on Joe. He just has not at all committed to that footy club now for two years. And, and again, the fact he needed and the fact the club is prepared to publicly say, we've told him now to come back to us in five days. I mean, if, if they don't know what he's doing, they, they do deep down know what he's doing. So it'll be game on again with him. Um, Brisbane Lions has clearly now emerged as, as a leader for him. Now, it's up to them whether they want to pursue that right to the end degree. But it's um, it, it's in play in, in, a, in a possibility for, for Joe. How it happens, who knows, given the money required to, to fit him in, but Fantasia, I'd, I'd fully expect to go back as well. The um, Just a couple of injury updates. Two guys from up here in Queensland, Aaron Norton, uh, fractured cheekbone from round 18, will play according to the, the club. Um, he's yet to train competitively at, at this point in time anyway, but uh, but will do so and, and there's a full expectation that he will take his place in that elimination final against St Kilda. The Brisbane Lions are, are really confident, um, almost now Saying as fact that Harris Andrews will come back uh, to 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 play against mm. Richmond in that uh, qualifying final, as Tom Lynch will, both with hamstrings, and I still think there's a, a big chance that Dion Prestia beats so even though he's Ooh, he's way ball. behind the eight ball, way way behind the eight ball. We just know his recuperative powers are so strong that I think he will put himself uh, in the mix as well. Good old Goes to uh, 35 out, looking for Gets to 53 now. It is a big kick. It's a beautiful kick. It's a wonderful kick. Reed marks inside. 20 out. Kicks the goal. Thank you, Ben Reed. Number 20, Ben Reed. Oh, yes. A 2010 Premiership player for the famous Collingwood Footy Club, All-Australian in 2011, 152 games he's played for the Maggies and has decided that uh, it's time to finish what has been a terrific career. Ben Reid, welcome to Triple M Footy. Thanks for having me, boys. Oh, now, this is the Bayside operator, this man, Duck. I see him along Hampton Street just uh, sitting there quietly. Disappointing. Trying to mind his own business, Reedy. Is that a fact? And he's, I've moved from there now, but I was at Bayside. Uh, like, you'll know me a lot, mate. So, um, yeah, some pretty funny times. Hey, so, Benny, with this retirement, I mean, you're a bright boy originally. Will you Have you got any desire to go back, or are you situated here now with the family and this is where it's going to be for you in Melbourne? No, no, we actually are heading back there, mate. We um, we got a place up there we bought uh, a few years ago and um, we'll move back there at uh, some stage in the next couple of months. And um, and get back to the God's country and, and start our life up there, which is um, More exciting. Doctor Scholl, Doctor Scholl, Scholl, beautiful. Yeah, Scholl. Well, what would you do in Bright, Ben? Uh, well, the missus has got. We've bought a shop up there. She's so got like some wellness type centre uh, with all her work and, and that sort of thing. So I'll help her get that up and running. But I want to be involved with footy up there in some shape or form. So um, oh, yeah, we'll see see how it going. Um, but yeah, I think I'll stay involved with footy. Yeah, so yeah. Now, Benny, what was the what was the main factor? Just the fact. I mean, we know when you actually get, got out on the park, as JB said, all Australian in, in that year. When you actually played, you, you're fantastic to watch. What was the contributing factor? Just the fact you couldn't get out on the track. Yeah, basically, mate. It was just more. You know, the, the body just sort of kept moving, and I keep fighting back and being able to and play, but that'd be sort of short lived. It'd be back for you know two or three games, and then um, have a little setback and. The mind just sort of got a bit sick of that, and um, it was more a mental toll than also the physical toll. It was, um, you know, it is. You get you know, back-to-back injuries; they're hard. And um, I said, been that for a few years. It was just something telling me that you now it's time to give it away and, um, and get on to something new. 
Mate, a part of that famous 2010 Collingwood Premiership team, some of the names uh, and, and the groups within that team were quite extraordinary. Of course, uh, mm. some slightly reptilian behaviour amongst uh, Swanee <laughs> and a few of them. But, mate, what a group of characters that you'll be able to catch up with for the rest of your life. Yeah, it's a great group. You're spot on. It's, um, you know, we actually catch up uh, once a year uh, as a group for lunch. And um, unfortunately, I've been able to this year. The 10-year reunion's been... Um, it's, it's a shame we haven't been able to this year, but as you said, great group of guys, and um, every year we're going to have a fair night, I would say, all together. So, um, yeah, very lucky. Other than the obvious, you know, premiership in that year, 2010, what, what, what's the one takeaway you take away from that incredible year, uh, Reedy? What, what, what's the one thing? Well, for me, it was probably, I suppose, that actually started my AFL career. I started to really, um, I suppose, play AFL footy at a good level, and um, I think once you... You get comfortable playing at the level and, and get confident. That's um, that's when you start, you know, um, putting good games on end. And I was able to do that for a few years. And, um, yeah, that's probably what I take out of that year the most is, you know, I learned to be an AFL footballer and play like that. Uh, ben, you were only 21 when you had the, the massive task in that particular season, the 2010 year, to take on, um, alongside Nathan Brown, uh, Nick Revold and Justin Kaczynski, and then getting yourself worked up to do it one week, you had to then back up to do it. Just the pressure attached to your requirements around that period, if you could just outline how you were going into that game. Yeah, it was funny. I mean, the the, the drawn one was, I always say, was the hardest game I've ever played, and it was everyone uh, See the siren go over and basically falls on the ground. That exhausted for me. Um, I actually think going into the next week might have helped us a little bit, being a younger group. Um, for Mom's sake, it was we had a, a sort of normal week. There was no parade and all that sort of thing, and you sort of had a normal, you know, week to week sort of thing. So it was um, we we put up rolling a lot of recovery and that sort of thing. I guess it was basically very rough and go again. And um, you know, luckily we were, we were able to get the chocolate the next week. Hey, Reedy, congratulations, as I said. A wonderful career, 152 games uh, at the top level and a Premiership All-Australian. Got a massive amount to be proud of. Go and enjoy, Bright. Well done. Thanks, Thanks guys. Appreciate everything you guys have done, too. Thanks, boys. Good on you, Reedy. Good on Brilliant. Good on well hey, done, mate. One of the good boys, uh, Benny Reedy. Hey, that's it for us, pretty much, boys. So uh, it's been very nice. Brian, enjoy quarantine wherever you're going. Yes, I'm going <laughs> to abide by all the rules. Oh, yeah, no God. chance he'll abide by any of them. <laughs> Duck, good yeah, seeing you always, uh, fat. Back to the creamy. we got to... Put on a quaddy and have a frothy. And uh, Purple, always great catching up with you. Look forward to a big final series. I'll see you in two weeks' time, BT. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. For Hard Yakker, a history of hard, of course. And for our great friends at McDonald's, the Monopoly game at Macca's is in full swing. Terms at mcdonalds.com.au. This has been Triple M. Enjoying Saturday afternoon football. The Triple M Footy Saturday Rub for Hard Yakka, a history of hard. From McDonald's. Triple M rocks footy.